Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Bonjour, blessed people. Thanks for connecting with us today. We're going to continue our discussion about beginning 2021 with the end of 2021 in mind. I've offered you four practical steps up to this point to have success in this year. Not only must we pray, work, and win, but we need to remember our creator. We remember our creator in all that we do. The second step that we offered was that we accept and remember God's invitation to eternity. We do this by building God's kingdom, being nice, being kind, loving all of God's creation, and building God's kingdom on earth as it is and as it will be in heaven. The third step we took together was that we need to remember that God does in fact provide. He provides in many ways for us, and we need to remember this constant fact. But yet, we also need to remember in the fourth step, God's gigantic grace. It blankets all of our lives. It gives all of us hope. Today, we take the fifth step. Five is live, right? We take the fifth step and we finish this discussion in this month of beginning the end in mind by remembering that God renews us. We find this to be true in Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Paul says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. God renews us. If you're asking what in the world, Joshua, does it mean to renew anything? It means to make new again. You see, we renew many things in our lives. You have to have driver's license renewal. (laughs) You have to renew your insurance. Some of us renew our wedding vows. Others of us renew passports. And even we provide renewal to all of our bodies. You don't believe me? (laughs) I promise you should. Every single night, each of us, more or less, take an action of renewal. It's called sleeping, (laughs) y'all. I don't know about you, but that's my favorite action of renewal, sleeping. I'm in love with sleep. Sleep is amazing, but sleep has great benefits. You know, sleep actually primes our memory. It also triggers the release of hormones which renew and regulate our energy. It regulates our mood. And it even regulates our mental keenness. We need sleep because it renews our bodies. Without the renewal, the essential parts of our bodies are not renewed. And what happens are that the days ahead conquer us rather than us conquering them. You see, as sleep renews our physical bodies, we have a savior that renews every single part of us. Jesus renews our minds, he renews our bodies, he renews our souls, he renews our hearts. 
God tells us that rest is allowed. And today we will learn that remembering that we serve a renewing God can make a huge and positive impact in all of our lives and especially the life that we hope to live in 2021. So what's happening in 2 Corinthians? I'm glad you asked. You see, Paul speaks so well of our renewing God in 2 Corinthians. The reality facing these ancient believers is quite interesting, (laughs) y'all. If you love shopping malls or if you buy entirely too many things on Amazon, you will find great interest in 1 and 2 Corinthians. You see, Corinth was the marketplace of the ancient world. Corinth sat right between Rome and Asia Minor, and oftentimes many different items were sold in this marketplace of Corinth. Corinth had no shortage of people, had no shortage of goods to sell, and it had no shortages of different beliefs and perspectives. This marketplace and melting pot of sorts also had so many differences that rumors began to arise. Paul planted a church at Corinth, but now different people are falsely accusing Paul of lying and preaching a gospel that has no power. In essence, really what they're saying is that Jesus is not real and that Paul has no authority or validity to the message that he's preaching. How would you feel if you were in Paul's shoes? How would you feel if you had prayed and worked extremely hard and all of a sudden you have some haters or some opposition that's coming against all that you have done? I don't know about you, but I'd be mad. (laughs) I'd be angry. I'd be confused. And I would be committed to proving that I am not false and that the rumors are not true. Well, friends, I believe that that's what Paul (laughs) is wanting to do in 1st and 2nd Corinthians. He's trying to show these believers around 55 to 56 AD that in fact, Jesus is real. He's trying to show these believers that, hey, Jesus is real and we need to cling to the renewing power of God. Paul pins these words to prove that God makes all things new. And today, Paul's love letter has been post dated for all of us. And so to make new again is what it means to renew. Hmm. And so God has a special way of renewing each and every one of us. And in verses 16 through 17, Paul shows us an encouraging reminder of renewal. I love what Paul says here because he kicks it off in Paul rhetoric. Paul in Paul's language says, therefore, great people, don't lose heart. This means that in spite of present difficulties, be encouraged. At that time, believers were at each other's throats. You name it, and they were arguing, wrestling, and fighting about it. Yet Paul encourages the church at Corinth to remain encouraged, remain positive in the face of present difficulties. Friends, if you haven't caught that by now, that's a text message to all of our inboxes right now. We have many present difficulties, but yet we should not lose hope. We have many things that we can cry about, argue about. You're right. I'm wrong about. But guess what? Be positive. Don't lose heart. Remain encouraged. How do we do it? Well, we need to learn to start celebrating small victories. We do this by exercising and applying a dose of thankfulness to our lives. 
We remain positive by listening or reading scripture. But whatever you do, don't lose heart just because difficulty is present. Paul explains to us the importance of remaining encouraged amidst present difficulties because the thing about difficulties and challenges and trials and tribulations, they come quite often. And friends, we have to understand that even though we wish that life would be a tiptoe through the tulips and a rapid run through the roses, it's not. Sometimes life can go up, it can go down, and sometimes we live in the valley instead of the mountaintop longer than we would like to. But yet, we serve a God who doesn't waste our pain. We must come to view the challenges as ugh in the moment, but also an opportunity to witness the power of God. Although every day we live is a day closer to eternity, it's a, clo- it's a day closer to being with God. I know we'll never see this day or the days of yesterday again, but we must not allow our challenges to dominate us. Instead, we should allow Christ to guide us. As Christ guides us, Christ renews us. As Christ encourages us, Christ renews us. Paul reminds these believers that Christ unifies, but Christ also renews. This is so fantastic to note because at the top of 2021, we have experienced some quarreling, some hurt, some pain, and even some people have transitioned. But God is able to renew us. God is able to renew our relationships. He's able to renew our friendships. He is able to renew our interactions if we will allow God to guide us. We won't express word vomit to other people if we allow God to guide us. So what we need to learn to do is to put heavy weight. I'm talking about 355 pounds of weight on verse 17, because verse 17 in Paul's words are this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Did you hear that? That verse right there is a punch in the gut and a slap in the face. It's a wake up call because it reminds us that troubles do not last always. It reminds us that the troubling moments of our lives cannot compare to the magnificence of God. These believers at this time were experiencing moments that made them desire to quit. It made them want to throw in the towel It made them doubt and question the validity of Jesus. We too will experience challenges that can lead us to doubting, questioning, and wondering if it's realistic to have faith in God. There will be times in 2021, if you have not experienced them already, that will make you want to throw in the towel on your faith. But don't give a moment the power that is only due to God. Remember, moments pass, but God is eternal. God is never ending. God will outlast the moment that is causing you pain. Every single day, we experience God's mercy and kindness. Every single day, God renews us. Every day is a new beginning, and even 21 gives lieu to the fact that God gives us new beginnings. God restores us And God restores time 
but he also restores all things. Paul had a kingdom perspective. He had a mindset that was, you should applaud, because he experienced life, life's big challenges, and yet he still held on to his faith. We see this as he's telling these believers to hold on, but he also told another set of believers in Rome to hold on. It's in Romans 8, verse 18, where Paul shares a very similar thought. Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Hmm. Friends, do you hear that? Moments don't last, but God does. Hmm. Moments are a second or a minute in time, maybe a year or a month in time, but yet God is over all of time. We're able to begin 2021 with the end in mind, understanding that God doesn't waste our happy times nor our painful times. It's a reminder that God's not wasteful, but that God is constantly developing us and God is constantly renewing us. He makes us new. But yet in verse 18, Paul reminds us of the importance of God's sightings. You may have heard different people, maybe some hunters, they talk about bird sightings. If you see a bird, it's usually it's loud noise to signify to other people that we've seen the bird that we're looking for. They're right here, they're right there, they're right there. Hey, guess what? We should do the same thing with God. We may not physically see God, I understand that, but we do see the evidence and work of God daily. You see, a God sighting is any experience orchestrated by God and not us. God sightings are experiences of safe travels from your home to your destinations. God sightings occur as we experience good health. God sightings occur even as we stand in the shower and can feel the water trickling down our face. Any experience that God orchestrates for us is a God sighting. And it's important that we learn, as the writer of Proverbs told us, to give credit where credit is due. As we experience God's sightings deposited inside each and every one of us is more and more and more of God's hope. The hope that validates God has all power. This gives us reasoning to trust God ever the more. Paul tells these believers that in the midst of your pain, in the midst of fighting, in the midst of arguing, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul's words in this letter are meant to encourage these believers But please don't get it twisted. (laughs) Please, please, please hear me. Don't read these encouraging words and assume that these words are written to people who know nothing about hardship. The church at Corinth were they were experiencing deep. I'm talking about 14 feet water type deep of troubles. They were surrounded by idolatry and false prophets. They knew that Paul taught them the gospel previously, but other voices and perspectives were being used to shift them away from God, shift them away from the gospel and to take on other perspectives and agendas. In the midst of all this, they're wondering, who do I believe? 
Friends, we live in a chaotic time and can meet the context of Corinthians right, right here. Hmm. Because we have so much going on. Who do we believe? We have so much fighting. I'm right. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm right. Who do we believe? Paul offers us a kingdom mindset saying, believe the gospel. View the world and everything that's going on through the lens of scripture. Not false teachers. These false teachers are invalidating Paul and they're invalidating the message. And Paul tells them in contemporary terms, I know there's a lot going on. I know there are many voices in society, but fix your eyes, fix your ears, fix your minds, fix your hearts on God. In the midst of present struggles, do you notice God at work in any way? Friends, I believe that what Paul is telling these believers of yesteryear, he's asking the question of us today. Do you see God at work anywhere? Because if you're able to identify that God is evident, that God is present, it'll give you hope to hold on and to run on a little while longer. Friends, we like the church at Corinth are struggling in deep water. We're uncomfortable. Some of us need healing. Some people are in the hallways of Grady Hospital. Some people are even suffering in silence. Some people are suffering audibly. But all of us in some way, we're struggling. But what we choose to focus on can leave us hopeless or hopeful. Paul reminds us that in times of peace or war, we must fix our eyes on the eternal, the maker of heaven and earth, because that person, that God will renew our hope and change our perspective. As God renews our hope and change our perspectives, we can run on a little while longer. Friends, recently, I passed a home that I passed just about every day, but it was different because there were people in the driveway. No one has lived in this home in over a year, and it's a pretty antique, old, maybe even mature type of home. Being the nosy observer that I am, I was driving, I saw people in the driveway, and I chose to stop to see who exactly was in the driveway and what was their purpose. It was five big white vans, and I noticed that the men that got out of those vans had two belts on. I noticed them take in different supplies into this home. Again, I tell you, this home is mature, it's ancient, it's old, so I'm wondering, what are they doing? And I came to find out that they were renovating this home. They were renovating this home with the hope to sell this home, and this old and mature home would one day become a pillar of renewal. I passed by this same antique home this morning and I was able to look inside the home as it didn't have any blinds on the windows and I see that the carpet that was once worn and old is now brand new carpet. The countertops that were old and dilapidated are brand new countertops. The faucet of the sink now is all modern and it's beautiful. And what was once old and worn out has now been made new. Mm. That house is a symbol of what God does for us. 
Because when we experience pain and tribulation, it wears us out. But God is our divine contractor. And he comes in and he replaces that which is worn out and makes us new. God renews us. And we need to be reminded of that fact. God renews our hearts. He renews our minds. He renews our souls. And he does this daily. This year, will you commit to trusting God with your renewal instead of seeking validation from everyone else? Because only God can renew us. We begin 2021 with the end in mind by remembering God accepting God's invitation to eternity, trusting that God will provide, understanding and believing in God's gigantic grace. But here today, we've learned that God renews us. May we fix our eyes on the one who makes all things new, even in our troubled world. Amen. Friends, you may be watching this And you may say, man, I need to know this renewing God. You do. And right where you are, if you do not know Jesus and desire to accept Jesus into your heart, you can do so right where you are. I'm holding your hand virtually. And all we have to do is pray together. God will do the rest. Will you repeat a prayer after me? Let's pray. God. I've made many mistakes, but I need you. I believe Jesus died for me. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. In Christ's name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, or if by chance you happen to have any prayer requests, please let us know. We don't mind. We exist to pray for you. Let us know about it by emailing altogether at spdl.org. Each week, we're excited to come into your living rooms, on your telephones, at the coffee shops, and wherever you may be. But to keep this ministry going, if you like it and love it like we do, feel free to give and sow into this ministry. You can do so by going to spdl.org. The giving options there indicate that it's for all together. And feel free to be led by God in your giving. As you continue to reflect on 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, fix your eyes on Jesus, even in the midst of challenges, and take this takeaway with you the entire week. As we focus on God, God renews our lives with hope. And so, friends, as we focus on God and God renews our lives with hope, I want you to live a worshipful life. Build community virtually or physically. Do it with your mask on and embrace diversity because it's all around you. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.